Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. I don't know what Minnesota would do. I think Minnesota, if they trade Hunter, is it going to be worthwhile? I mean, their playoff aspirations have to go down the tubes completely. I mean, how are they going to be? They can't really run the football. I mean, they're 28th in the league in yards per attempt. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VEASAN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, this was a, an eye-opening week eight for me, but for a lot of fan bases, also soul-crushing with a lot of the quarterback injuries that we saw yesterday afternoon. And really a bummer for these QBs, especially it happened with the Minnesota Vikings with a win, but ultimately probably a loss from a season-long standpoint. Well, I mean, to quote the great Uncle Junior, they were dropping like flies. Speaking of Uncle Junior, they had a big – did you see this on Twitter? My man Kevin, uh, who's oh, the Ke- Sopranos Kevin, guy. Kevin Finnerty? Or who, which, which yeah, guy? did you see the big party they had out there? He, yeah, I got invited. Obviously, I couldn't make it, but I would have loved it. They were actually on the property. They were there. Wow. I mean, people were taking pictures of themselves walking down to get the newspaper. Oh, I mean, I'm looking it was, at it. It was – it was a, a beautiful, beautiful Dego convention. I would have loved to have been there. It would have been awesome for me to go. I would have this loved. This is really that. good. Except, I'm looking at it right now. I was <laughs> stuck watching. I was stuck watching. You know these quarterbacks. I, I, I got to tell you, it was a carnage. I mean, it was. really. I mean, when you think about it, Cousins out for the year with the with the Achilles. PJ PJ Walker killed them in yeah. Cleveland. Throws the pick at the end of the game. Kenny Pickett has bad ribs. Desmond Ritter went to the bench with a concussion, but he really didn't have a concussion. You know, we saw the Tommy DeVito era begin and end in New York. I mean, they wouldn't even let him throw the football. Stafford gets a bad thumb. Yeah. You know, Mahomes is playing on a flu, and he looked like he was playing on a flu. And, you know, it was just – and so – and we got Will Levis playing better. You know, he played in a game, and my man MVP pitch came – uh, Mitch mm. came and threw two interceptions. I love that. But – Anyway, uh, I mean, it was truly a carnage. And then the two best teams, uh, or two of the better teams, San Francisco's defense has given up over 400 yards the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, somebody's going to have to ask, what's going on here? Because Cincinnati, who I thought would stumble, and I was completely wrong on this handicap, I thought they would stumble, and they looked like they were in playoff form, and San Francisco never had control that game. I don't give a shit. In the first quarter, like I could instantly tell when my bet, when my recommendations are wrong. And in the first quarter, I knew that one was wrong. I Mm. knew that one was wrong. So you got that. I mean, the Kansas City game to me is a lot misleading when you break that game down because Kansas, I think Kansas City lost that game. I'm not sure Denver won it. Five turnovers. Yeah. I mean, they just gave the game away. I mean, they gave the game. I mean, think about this. Just think about this for a second. Kansas City gives them the ball at, Denver the ball at the 39, at midfield, at the 10, at the 20. 24 points total in that area. I mean, think about that. That Just by field position alone, they gave them that. They got all their points from those field position spots, 24. So, I mean, it's it was a crazy weekend in that sense. And then, like we said to start the show, I said this on our Saturday show together. This is, you know, there were nine home dogs going into this weekend, mm-hmm. right? Nine of them. And I said it was a landmine because most people would bet the home dogs just spot on, you know, just sight on scene. And, you know, we saw four dogs cover Carolina, Tennessee, Denver, Arizona, two tie. Somebody said they have the Giants at three and a half. Fuck, I never saw three and a half out there. I had them at three. I'll go into that. We cover that game. That Mm -hmm. was brutal. And then Pittsburgh, Green Bay and Indy never covered. So, like, it was a landmine. It was really hard. 
It, it was hard. It, it, I mean, I guess we should have known with it being Halloween weekend, the trick-or-treat aspect of the NFL that we saw yesterday, it was really difficult. And we will get into the games. I'm really curious, like, when we talk about the Bengals and the 49ers, that one I think was eye-opening for me in terms of, like, the season-long picture because we might have a contending team once again back into the circle here with Cincinnati. But the devastating injury for Kirk Cousins, I mean, a free agent season. He's like, the guy's going to be a free agent next year, now coming off a torn Achilles. And for the Vikings, where it looked like they had something brewing over these past couple of weeks like they beat the Niners on Monday then you go to Lambeau Field where they've had trouble at Lambeau Field and they control that game and win that game but at the end of it you see your quarterback going down there Achilles immediately ruled out and now done for the season I'm sure they're waiting for the MRI today but that's just going to confirm probably what we already know uh, where does Minnesota go from here where it's, it's I figured I figured that we'd be talking about this in a positive light for the Vikings but unfortunately with the injury it's kind of a dark cloud that's hanging over the organization yeah, it really is. It's the same because, you know, everybody makes such a big deal about Flores blitzing, about what Flores is doing on defense. I mean, really, since since the Charger game that they lost, I mean, where they gave up 444 yards, 445 yards passing. I mean, this defense has played really well. I mean, they haven't given up over 330 yards in, in the remaining games. You know, now they lost to Kansas City. They gave up 333, but that's it. And so... You know, they their defense was playing. If they if they had this defense playing at this level last year, they probably would have beaten the Giants in a playoff game. Right? 100%. They they were playing well, but now you're sitting here stuck without Cousins, and you don't have Jefferson, and now you're going to Jared Hall, Jaron Hall from BYU, who's you know their fifth round pick from this year. He's he's going to be 25 years old. I mean, he played in the preseason. He had 46 passes, but. You know, I mean, this is a tough sled to get into, and he's got to go on the road to Atlanta. So, yeah, I, I don't know where they go. Like, do they trade Danielle Hunter now? Do they pack it in? I, I don't know if they'll do that. O'Connell, you know, but they're just no – everybody says, well, what trade are they going to make? Like, I don't see these teams making these trades to just offset people. There's no – what quarterbacks out there? I mean, what quarter? I mean, Cleveland's playing with P.J. Walker. I mean, if they play – you know, if, if he could make any plays – he just got there too, you know? So I, I, I don't know what Minnesota would do. I think Minnesota, if they trade Hunter, is it going to be worthwhile as opposed to signing him next year or getting a compensatory pick for him? I think they got to make that decision. But, I mean, their playoff aspirations have to go down the tubes completely. I mean, how are they going to be? They can't really run the football. I mean, they're 28th mm -hmm. in the league in yards per attempt rushing. They're 31st in calling runs. See, here's the issue, right? Mm -hmm. So now you go to Hall. All right, so unlike what Washington does, you know, they've been throwing the ball with Cousins who can throw it, right? They're the number one team in yeah. passing attempts in the league with Cousins, right? Mm -hmm. So now they're going to go to a quarterback who you don't want to throw the ball to. Well, they're 31st in rush, rushing attempts. They're 31st in yards. They're 31st in touchdown runs. And they're 28th in, in yards per play. I mean, so where are we going? And I was hoping that we'd see some more called runs there because they, they put Jaron Hall in the game. He's backed up on his own end zone and we're running bootleg. I'm like, man, like you're up 14, dude. Just run the football. Make Green Bay actually drive the length of the field to beat you. Like you're you're inviting like turnovers here. Jaron Hall looked a little bit skittish, but I mean, he's a young quarterback just thrown into the fire of the game there. Uh, so we'll see what the game plan shifts to now that he's going to be the quarterback or maybe they sign up. Maybe there's a Colt McCoy that they call. I, I mean, Carson Wentz is out there. If anybody's interested, he's out there. Who knows what what he's been up to? I, I don't know where you go from here if you're the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that they might, over these next 24 hours, get people calling to say, hey, what is the price for Daniel Hunter? Like, if we give you a two for Daniel Hunter, you interested? Like at that point, I mean, if you're Minnesota, maybe you acquire those assets. Well, I think here's the issue for if you're Minnesota. You say to yourself really quickly, are we going to re-sign him? And what is the cost of re-signing him, correct? Yeah. And then if you, it, once you answer that question, okay, once you answer that question, then you answer the next question is, unless we get a two or we get a bunch of picks, we're better, are we better off taking the compensatory for the remaining, you know, remaining nine games? I mean, th those are two questions you have to answer, right? You got to answer those two questions in consecutive. But the first question you have to answer is, are we signing this player next year? And what is the viability of signing this player? Or would we franchise this player? Once you make that decision, the other decisions fall in line. Then it becomes just line item. Okay, we only got a two. We got a two today from this team. Say San Francisco says we'll give you our two. Well, you know that two is the bottom of the second, uh, yeah. second round. Yeah. So would you rather have that two today 
than wait for the compensatory three that you're going to get when someone gives them a big deal. Like that's the conversation you're having, but you can't go down that road until you actually decide what you're going to do. Well, didn't they already answer question number one though, when they didn't want to give him the long-term extension that he was seeking this off season? Well, that all depends on the money he was seeking. Right. And I think based, he proved himself this year to be a yeah. good player, you know, and, and, and they've played what in the eight games. So now they have a pretty good idea about him and what he can bring to the table. I mean, they'd always knew it. I think the question you have to ask too, is if I give you this money, how are you going to play? You know, that's always the hard part, right? Once we give a guy a deal, I mean, maybe it would make sense to franchise him for a year. If you're going to get this effort for him during free agency, I mean, he leads the league in sacks right now. Daniil Hunter has been terrific so far this season. Definitely motivated. Uh, 29 years old, so he's not like super duper old, but he's probably at the peak of his career right now. Uh, I'm curious to see what his market would look like. But if he leads the league in sacks by the end of the year, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, suitors looking for him come March when he is an unrestricted free agent, pending on if they use the tag on him or not. Or maybe they trade him by tomorrow. We'll see what happens there. But the Viking situation, obviously we'll talk more about this a little bit later on in the week. There were Kirk Cousins, once again, a devastating injury for Cousins. The ramifications for him down the line are really unfortunate there. Now him entering his free agent year banged up with the Achilles. But uh, we saw other injuries as well. And we'll talk more about this one as well on the other side here. We're coming up against a break here real quickly. But the Rams with Matthew Stafford, the thumb injury that he suffered yesterday. I mean, he was under duress all afternoon yesterday. Only sacked a couple times. but You can see the pressure was there constantly. Rams a little bit banged up on the O-line. And now where do the Rams go here with Brett Rippon at the QB2? Stafford couldn't finish the game. Looked like he could barely even like grip the hand there with the thumb like this is his turn it's kind of falling off the rails here for the los angeles rams now that we're at the halfway point i mean look the rams have done two extremes right they've gone all in and now might be the time to go all out right because now might be the time to get a quarterback to get fr- get to give sean McVay a chance because right now they've done a great job of band-aiding a team that lacks talent together. They have no offensive line. I mean, they go against a good defensive front, they get beat. Pittsburgh had no business beating them, but they did because they could control the front. You know, I don't know how long Stafford can stay healthy. That was always the question for me all year long is, is this Ram team, you're going, they're going to game plan the hell out of you. They're a great game plan team. There's no question about that, but can they actually sustain it? I mean, getting three wins is a remarkable job for the Rams. Really, it is. But when you look at this team, as you go forward, teams are starting to figure out what they're doing defensively. Right. You know, and and then, you know, and then as they they, uh, where are they going offensively? They got no run game. They can't really run the ball when he can't run the ball. It's problematic. And the longer the season goes now, they have a bye week after Green Bay. But the longer the season goes, you know, do they trade Aaron Donald? I mean, he's their number one asset to me. If you're going to tank. Right. I know he's a Hall of Fame player and he's tremendous. Yep. But, you know, do you does somebody call up and say, here's what we're willing to do? I think that's a fair question. The thought crossed my mind watching the game yesterday is that, hey, just leave Aaron Donald in Dallas, maybe. <laughs> maybe we can go ahead and have him for the stretch run. Although it might be a pretty penny to go ahead and get him off them hand, the hands of the Los Angeles Rams there. Uh, and for the Cowboys on this side of it, like, hey, like this is what they do. They bully some bad teams. Let's see you punch against a team in your similar weight cast. Maybe we'll see it coming up on Sunday. All right, we'll take our first break here. This is the GM Shuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 
168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know, three weeks ago, if you polled the average NFL fan, I think they would tell you the best team in the league, the San Francisco 49ers. 5-0 yep. and coming off a dominant victory against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Well, three weeks later... They're now sitting here at 5-3, and three, losers of three straight games. Uh, most recently, yesterday, 31-17 at the hands of the Cincinnati Bengals. I know a lot of people want to talk about Brock Purdy. I think the bigger story with the Niners, though, is what's happening on defense because, once again, they got gashed up and down the field. You know, this is the second week in a row they've given up 400 yards, right? I mean, they gave up. And, and this game was really, uh, from the start, I mean, the Bengals start the ball. So they, they stop them. And they get the ball, and they scope 10 plays, 80 yards, touchdown. They get the ball again. They go six plays, 58 yards, touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. Then they miss a field goal, get them back in the game. And then they're going to score before the half, and they fumble. And then they get the ball to start the second half, and they kick a field goal. I mean, if they score there, this game's really not as close as the score indicated. I mean, the Bengals played as well as you could play. They blocked them up front. I mean, Burrow was great moving around with his feet. And, you know, you can't deny – what they were able to accomplish. I mean, this is a problem when you look at the numbers, right? The, the 49ers in the, on third down. And this whole team is built to rush the passer. Yep. It's built to create turnovers. They're 21st in third down defense. They're 23rd in red zone. And so I know Purdy will get all the heat, but the focus has got to be if you're Kyle Shanahan and if you're John Lynch and you're sitting there saying, wait a minute, where is our dominating defense? What happened here? What's going on? Like, why aren't we? I thought they missed more tackles than I've ever seen them miss before. They're just not playing at that level that they typically play to. And a lot of it goes back to how they play, right? Everybody everybody focuses on the individual unit. But in football, units are always tied together. The Niners need to play from in front. I mean, look, this isn't a knock on Kyle Shanahan. This is just ultimately what I've said for as long as I've done podcasts, Kyle Shanahan has no drop back pass game. Everything's play action. So when you see that he's 0 for 39 when he goes into the fourth quarter with a trailing by eight or more or, or eight, eight points, that doesn't surprise me. Why? Because he's built an offensive line that is built on the idea of run action, run action. When he gets behind in games, it's harder for him to have run action. And so now his line gets exposed. And so then what happens is because he's playing from behind, the offense dictates. And then he can't really get off the field because there's like with Burrow, Burrow, you know, there's a lot of easy throws when they play zone if you look off the defensive backs. And so it's kind of a combination of things. It's cause and effect as we move forward. And I didn't see it coming because I thought they would get it fixed. Look, they missed Trent Williams at left tackle. There's no doubt. Yeah, Yeah. But this... And there's always the point in the season, and it happened this time last year, where the 49ers don't play. Remember, they got blown out by the Chiefs. and you know. But I think this is a little bit more about, okay, we're changing coordinators. Here's what we're doing. They never got control of that game with their defense. Never. And, and if you're Kyle, you got to worry about that. And a lot of it starts with your offense. we got to play from in front. we got to be able to be the team that starts the game fast. And when you don't start the game fast, like they haven't started the game fast, and really in, in the last two weeks, they've been playing from behind. They fumbled. They've turned the ball over six times in the last two weeks, Femi. Damn. <laughs> that's not good. That, that's, that's not good at all. But like, I think – I mean, think about this. The Bengals, who don't even want to run the ball, ran for 134. The Browns, who only can run the ball, ran for 106, 160. I mean, that's the last – two of the last three weeks. That's significant. How much of this, and I don't want to pin this just on one player or on one person. I mean, I think a lot of people, the defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, has been under a lot of fire here after what happened Monday night football, the zero blitz there at the end of the first half that led to the Jordan Addison touchdown. But also, I mean, Javon Hargrave, who is a tremendous player, hell of a pass rusher, but I think there's been a lot of kind of like underlying criticism about what he does in the run game and then maybe he's just like he's as he's just an up the field gap shooter who likes to go ahead and pressure the quarterback and we saw a little bit of this in philadelphia last year with their run defense at the midpoint of the season where it's like ah you could kind of run on the eagles until they went ahead and got a couple big bodies with linville joseph and and dominican sue do you think hargrave has sort of kind of hurt this run defense a little bit because once again like another team runs the football here on the 49ers well because you can run the ball because you're not trailing right 
you're not trailing, you know, you're, you're able to play from in front so you can mix it up and you can have balance. I mean, look, they only had nine third downs yesterday, Cincinnati. I mean, that's perfect football. You know, what you want to do if you're a good offense is have less than 10 third downs in a game. You know, this third and manageable is full of shit. I mean, you know, it's one of the most nauseating things I've ever seen in my life. We're just going to go third and manageable. So when you can do that, when you when you don't have to worry about that, all of a sudden, you know, the run game's in balance and you can do it. They, the other thing they haven't really done a good job of is creating, like yesterday, they could not create a negative play. They couldn't create a negative play. So when you play San Francisco, you and you, they don't create a negative play on you, and you stay ahead of the down and distance. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, and they got a bye week now to figure it out. They come back and play Jacksonville in Jacksonville. So, but this is all about the front. You know, you can say Hargrave's not a good run player, but the front's tied to the offense, which is tied to getting the lead. It all kind of it's a chain, and if there's a kink in the chain and it breaks, it hurts everything. Yeah, well, I'm I'm sorry. I'm assuming they're going to get Trent Williams back after the bye week. It sounded like he was progressing well during this week of practice. That they wanted to hold him out one more game. Maybe if they get Devo Samuel back as well, like if they can be a complete offense, that can allow them then play in front and go ahead and use that defensive line to get after quarterbacks because that's been the formula for the 49ers over these last few seasons here. On the Bengals side of it, though, man, this this was the performance I think everybody had been waiting for. And I guess, should we make a rule on the pod to just not judge the Bengals until Halloween weekend? Like, is that what we're yeah. supposed to do here from, from from here on out? Because here they are out of the bye, and they look like the team that we all expected. You know, I mean, the guy throws four incomplete passes. He was deadly. <laughs> he's, he's so you good. Know? You know, six <laughs> rushes. You know, he, he ran for two first downs. I mean, he was just incredible. He was incredible when, you know, yeah. you know and, and they, they averaged six, five a play. I mean, he's four for five in the red zone. I mean, he was truly, you know, I had him in, you know, he's been in the bottom third of quarterbacks all year. And this week when I do my Friday look ahead, he's going to be in the top five because that that was who we know he is, right? Mm -hmm. That's that was, I mean, think about this though. I mean, the the, the 49ers averaged 8.2 yards per play in the game, Femi. But when you turn the ball over like they did and then you don't play good red zone, Everything is situational, right? It's all about what's the situation. like. And the Niners, like a lot of teams, they got to play a certain style. And if you make them play outside the style, they're not, they're not as effective. They can still win. But look, you're not 0-39 going in the fourth quarter when you're down by a touchdown and can play anything. Like That's not just a trend. Mm-hmm. That's a rea- that, that's a, that tells you a lot about the team and about your offense. Think yeah. about that number now. That's 39 games. It's a lot of data. <laughs> like you said, it's not just a trend. It's a lot of data there that goes to show you the Niners do not play well from behind. And if you can get on them, maybe you can go ahead and beat them, as we saw the Cincinnati Bengals do. Cincinnati now 4-3. and three. Sunday, they play the Buffalo Bills at home Sunday Night Football. That's going to be a hell of a game there. Uh, Rematch of the playoffs. There'll be so that we much saw. money coming in on Cincinnati. This line yeah. will go. It lined open. Buffalo was the favorite this morning when I worked on it. Buffalo was the favorite, and it's already Cincinnati by two. I mean, the money for one thing about the betting market, you have to look at the month, the Sunday market, what what gets played in the Sunday market. Mm-hmm. Cincy, Seattle, Tampa, Kansas City, and the Chargers all just got flooded with money this morning yeah, by people blasted. that do this for a living. Yeah. So Cincinnati's going to go. I think it's two. It went to two immediately. So it's two and we'll a half. See. I mean, I'm. That's two and a half, you know. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a hell of a game. Also, Pittsburgh getting bet as well. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to them in just a bit. How, though? I mean, you don't even, I mean, you got, you're going to bet. I mean, I guess a lot of this is more about betting against Levis because yeah. nobody thinks Levis is going to be able to play two games in a row like that. Yeah. But look, give Levis credit. I mean, they finally looked like they had, a, they had an offense that could throw the ball over 10 yards. His arm, but like this is what we said about him during the draft process. I know we're kind of getting a little off path here. Like his arm is phenomenal. Like that's that was never a question with Will Levis. It's like the other can he play fast enough is what you really had criticism about uh, during the draft process. As did I, and we didn't really see him play fast at Kentucky. Played with a lot of turnovers, but they managed him pretty well, and he made the plays down the field there with the Titans who. A lot of Titans fans now excited. Maybe they found something. We saw DeAndre Hopkins, a three-touchdown day for DeAndre Hopkins, four catches, 128 yards. It was a, a different level of explosiveness from that passing game with the Titans that we saw yesterday that we hadn't seen at any point, even with Tannehill in that quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they scored 28 points. I don't think – I think it keeps their streak alive of of not having 30 points or more in a game. I think they are second to the Panthers in that streak. 
but look, they they are uh, they did exactly what they needed. And I know not the Panthers. The Panthers are more in the fourth quarter streak. So I think to me, you know, they, it gave them some hope that they yeah. could actually they ran the ball. They played their style. You know, they played the style. Now, I, I was surprised Atlanta ran the ball on them. But mm-hmm. uh, and then Atlanta made the shift at quarterback with, you know, they said Ritter wasn't hurt, but he was again. Ritter fumbles again. I mean, at some point. But we're going to find out about Tennessee. They've got three straight road games here coming Ooh. up. That's that's a tough stretch there. And uh, Desmond Ritter pulled from the game. Like they said, like once again, like he cleared concussion protocol, was an injury. But Arthur Smith said that they didn't really want to push it. And after the game, Taylor Heineke said that, hey, this is still Desmond Ritter's team. So I, I'm assuming we're going to see Ritter going forward here for the Atlanta Falcons, despite seeing Taylor Heineke come in and uh, the Heineke coaster. He he makes it inter- entertaining. That's for sure. Whenever he comes, he really in the game. does. <laughs> How about that though? Heineke announces that Ritter's still the starter, yeah. and immediately after the Arizona Baltimore game, Jonathan. Gannon says we're not playing Kyler Murray next week against Cleveland. Like just flat out said, there's no way. Like oh. immediately at that press conference. Oh, so a- like, and everybody was thinking that's the game that he's going to come back for. But but hold on, he's not coming back for that game. Why? Because I think a lot of it too is we don't know. You know, cleared to play and being able to play are two different things. So when he went that fast to me to rule him out, that tells me he's not moving when they watch him to the same level that he's moving that before he got hurt. It's the same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You can watch him work out and say, okay, yeah. he's cleared to play, but can he play at a professional level? That's what everybody misses playing yeah. and playing at a professional level. It's like Mahomes yesterday. He was cleared to play with the flu, but he couldn't play at the normal Mahomes level. Yeah, and, and they needed him to play at that level. There, we'll talk more about that game uh, on the other side here because I want to give that it's, it's it's just due here. Denver beating the Kansas City Chiefs. There, not a lot of people seeing that coming there. So Tennessee moves to three and four, two games back of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are sitting at six and two right now in that division. That AFC South, Jacksonville. And we'll get into that game as well coming up here shortly. But Jacksonville looks like a pretty good team. I, I, I might have to give the mea culpa on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was skeptical coming into the season. Not sure if they could go from good to great. And I'm, I'm still not sure if they're great, but they're at least a professional football team that's taking care of business. Winners of five straight now sitting at six and two. We'll talk Chiefs Broncos on the other side. We'll talk more Jack Steelers. And we'll get into the other games around the National Football League here on the GM Show. What in the world happened with all these Chiefs turnovers yesterday, Michael? Five of them against the Denver Broncos. They lose 24-9. to Mahomes playing under the weather with flu-like symptoms. The temperature was frigid out there in Denver, which was kind of crazy to see in October. But 24-38 from Mahomes, 241 at two interceptions. They had fumbles. They had muff punts. It was just a complete disaster for the Kansas City Chiefs, who, uh, who, who I guess lessened their grip on the AFC West, although we're still handing out the hats and T-shirts. They're going to win that division. You know, it was a weird game, too, because like I said earlier in the pod, when you break down the numbers, right? I mean, you think, oh, my God, De- Denver played really well. I mean, I think a lot of it was the fumbles, the turnover. I mean, he had a 59.2 quarterback rating. He had two interceptions. Plus, they, fu- you know, he had, a, you know, Hardman fumbled, Mahomes fumbled, you know, Scantling fumbled. So they, that's five turnovers. And like I said, those five, I mean, the ball gets gets on the, you know, it, all those turnovers happen where the 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 Broncos could score points mm-hmm. easily. You know the Broncos had forty rushing yard carries in the game. Yeah, they averaged three point eight. You know the long of the day was just fifteen yards. So they kept pounding the ball, pounding the ball, pounding the ball, and they didn't really need Wilson to have to make. I mean, everybody's going to say Wilson had three touchdown passes. Oh, that's great, right? You know he had twelve completions, three touchdown passes. You know, Efficient. And, and so <laughs> they had two hundred forty yards. I mean. They were able to win third. They, they were 43% on third down, and they controlled the ball, but they kept getting gifts. Like, I don't think you could take this game as anything other than it was just a bad day for the Chiefs all around. And maybe it was the fact that they're going over to Germany, to Frankfurt. I don't. I think they're leaving Thursday. I think Miami left today. So uh, I think their defense was dominating. I mean, they've, they had put a lot of pressure on them. I think it was sacked three times in the game. I'm not concluding anything. I'm going to dismiss this as just once in a lifetime when you think about it. Mm. How many times does, does, does Kansas City get into the red zone and they're 0 for 3? Not many. 
Not many times. And and like you said, like it, it just goes like this game shows goes to show you how hard it is just to win in the National Football League. Like cause like Kansas City, like obviously we all expected them to win this game here, but like they were never gonna go sixteen and one. You're gonna have those weeks where it just nothing goes right and maybe everyone's just making mistakes. And that happened to be this game here for Kansas City losing to the Denver Broncos here. So you said that you're, you're this is kind of just a blip on the radar for the Chiefs. To kind of double back to what we talked about last segment, Niners, is that more of a concern or is that just maybe yeah. injuries and then they'll get healthy and then they can get back to being right on offense. Well, I think it's a concern if you're the Niners because, I mean, you haven't played well in the last two weeks defensively. See, again, it goes back to who's in control and who's in the lead. Like, you know, even though Denver was in the lead, I never felt like they had full control of the game, although Kansas City gave them control. Whereas when I watched that game, Cincinnati versus San Francisco, San Francisco never was in control. They were fighting uphill. Like, I don't care if the line was three and a half, like it was in the contest, or if it was five and a half, which it was the start of the week, or six, what it ended up to. They weren't covering that number ever. From the very first quarter, you could see it. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's the difference. So I think you'll see a different Chiefs team here. I think that's why Friday morning a lot of money came in because – the, you know, the Miami game, again, that's another deceiving kind of game there, too. I mean, Miami, you know, they defeat New England by 14. Okay, that looks like they, you know, they covered, which they typically always do. He's, what, 16 and 5 now at home, Tua covered at home. Yeah. But when you watch the tape, which I have this morning, I mean, th- there's a lot of plays in there. That, I mean, two at, a th- two at 45 times, you know, uh, he got hit a little bit. They couldn't run the football. Now, you know, they gave up Hill, gave up the 42-yarder, and and Waddle made some plays because of the secondary of New England. But I think that was a lot closer game. I mean, New England just couldn't do anything on third down. I mean, New England was horrendous on third down. They couldn't convert. Mac Jones turned it over in the red zone again, you know. And so I just think to me where Miami's offensive line, I don't know if you watched that game, Miami's offensive line has gotten, because of the injuries, has gone from not very good to really bad. And New England took New England took advantage of it, and they were good on third down. The problem was they couldn't get off the field on fourth down. You know, Miami was three for three on fourth down. It, New England put them in fourteen third downs, which is what you want to do against this team. The problem is they couldn't stop them on fourth down. They're three for three, and meanwhile, New England's one for nine on third down. I mean, it was a classic, but they hold them. They, New England holds them to five point three yards of play. So it wasn't like they sat there and, oh, you know, they got 6.6 yards per pass play. Like, they had the ball 36 minutes because New England couldn't do anything, couldn't move the ball. I mean, this was a classic Patriot game. They can't convert third downs. They turn the ball over. You know, their defense keeps them hanging on. I mean, they had 13 first downs in the game. I mean, look, you watch the tape. They called pass interference on one of those red zone possessions. I never saw it. I don't know about you, Femi. I never saw it. But then again, they call, you don't know what the hell they call half the time. <laughs> they just call what they feel like calling in that game there. Every time it's I, like Mahomes in the Kansas City games. I yeah. mean, Will Hill sent me a text saying it's almost like Mahomes has a has a has a has a, 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 an official flag and he can use it anytime he wants to call a penalty. I mean, like, like I, I don't know. They threw some flag. I couldn't even find it on the. I couldn't find it when I watched the game. Is it Mahomes has a get out of jail free card? Is that just every day? I mean. <laughs> I mean, is it not enough it that he's already two. the best? <laughs> they gave it to two on third and not third from the goal line. He threw a slant in there, and they call. I couldn't find it. And the guy that called it, the 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 the, the guy called it. Now that's not why the Patriots lost because they were yeah. not. I mean, Miami's a better team than New England. I'm not suggesting that by any means, but I don't think Miami's a great team by any. Miami is yet to show that they can beat a good team. Well, and I think there was indications yesterday that a good defense like Kansas City will give Miami trouble. I was going to say, they're going to get that test on Sunday. That's a bright and early one for us. They're out there in uh, Frankfurt, Germany. will be the international game. Chiefs and the Dolphins, a very, very important game. Both teams sitting at 6-2 and two out there in the AFC home field advantage race. There. Every time I watch the Dolphins, it's like it's, it's a bummer because like, I swear every single time they have an O-lineman that gets injured in their one of their games. Like That O-line is incredibly banged up. I don't know when Ty- Teron Armstead is going to get back there, but even when he comes back, it's like, can you rely yeah, on him to, to stay no. healthy? It's it's just it, it's a tough uh, tough deal there for the Miami Dolphins. But hey, Tyreek Hill is a uh, he might be the best player like in the league outside of Patrick Mahomes. Like, like the guy is ridiculous. He tilts he's, the field. He, he, him and him and and AJ Brown have tilted the field. Yeah, they really have. I mean, AJ to think that you traded AJ Brown for a first round pick and you wouldn't just increase his pay by. 
like I'm just telling you, like that that's got to be one that John Robinson just shakes. He says, "I screwed that up." Like we mm-hmm. all do it too. So, like to me, the catches he makes and the, what he cha- how he changes this offense. Because did you watch her? Did you watch Philly yesterday? Yeah, I mean, Hurt, I don't Hurts care what little, they say he, on the interview. Hurts is injured. He's hurt. Yeah, he's injured. Yeah, it, it, it does. It doesn't look good. Like, like you see, we got limping around. And also, they had a, a failed tush push. They fumbled the snap on one of the tush right. pushes there, which is but, which is but, kind of surprising. But let me give you the let me give you the counterpoint on that. I mean, here they are. They scored thirty eight again on on this great Washington defense, right? <laughs> and they turned the ball over twice. And so, I mean, this could have been a fifty pointer. Yeah. I mean, at what point does Washington sit there and say, you know, we're not playing good enough on defense? I mean, you know, again, again, another game. Sam Howell's got 52 passing attempts. Now, he was good. Don't get me wrong. He threw for almost 400 yards. They averaged 5.3 yards a carry. The game's close the entire game. It's close the entire game. He called 16 runs. He called 16 runs. They were tearing him up in the passing game. (laughs) You wonder why in the fourth quarter? Here's his fourth quarter. Touchdown, interception, downs, downs. That's tough. I mean, I mean, they yeah, got a, and, and they backdoor covered. They backed. If you had the six and a half, I feel bad for you, because yeah. that was a game the Eagles. You know, they're up fourteen, and then they backdoor cover you. And then Ron Rivera doesn't go for two. Were you shocked he didn't go for no. two? No, I wasn't shocked because because he's not a coach that I would expect to understand that. So Why I wasn't shocked. Riverboat Ron. <laughs> yeah, I know. He he. We have retired the Riverboat name. Like when he didn't go for two, I was like. That's exactly who he is as a head coach. He, he's just not aware of that situation. So it, it didn't like, like other coaches. I would be surprised. Like, like, like if Sirianni was in that spot, a hundred out of a hundred times they go for two. When it's Rivera, I'm like, there's no way they're going for two. And he kicked the extra point because that's what he does. He's just he's clueless. He doesn't know what's going on. How about this though? I mean, how about this one? I mean, when you think about it, Philly has allowed. They've allowed thirty. They've allowed. Uh, what is it? Sixty some points to Washington in the last two games. I mean, mm-hmm. sixty-two points in the last two games to the Commanders have scored on them, right? The Commanders had six point eight yards per play. The Eagles had six point zero. I mean, yet they found a way to win the game, you know. And you got to give them credit for that. But yeah, yeah I, I to me, I thought Hal was good. He got rid of the ball quickly. They used the, the short passing game to help him. But you know, this Commanders team, you, you just really did, when he challenged that late in the game, did you think that was the right challenge? Uh, I'm not even sure if I saw the challenge there. What was what was the what was the play that they challenged? He challenged. Uh, he challenged. Hold on, I got it right here. He challenged the the incomplete pass ruling. Slay. It was a pass to Dotson, and he challenged it, and they ruled incomplete. Oh, okay. I'm seeing here. Yeah, and he burned a timeout by challenging. It. I, I was. I didn't think. And then the next play, Hal got sacked for eight yards. So it was third and five. And and they thought he, you know, I, I mean, I thought it was a bad challenge and you mm. lose your time out. You know, you got to yeah. be really careful at that point, especially, you know, when you're when you're behind in the game, you know, like that, when you got to get it back. Can't, you know, you need those. Time you got to be 100 percent certain. Yeah, no, you 100% need those timeouts there. The Commanders, they lose 38-31. Honestly, I think one of the more shocking stats of the day was that Howell was only sacked one time. Uh, I would have I, I would have had that over-under at about four and a half to set that one pregame there. So kudos to them for getting the ball out quickly. The Eagles secondary, I mean, they, they, they traded for Kevin Bayard, but we saw a little bit more of the same with this Eagles secondary, that if you block them up front, if you get the ball out quickly, you can make plays on this Philadelphia Eagles team. And it's... It's hard to say it's a fluke what the commanders did this time because they did it in Philadelphia as well. Two weeks, I mean, yeah. they can do it. They, I mean, they, the you know, I mean, the 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 enemy West Coast offense, the they can move the football on Philly. There's no question about that. Yeah. Well, and they, look, the, but all that being said about Philly, I mean, if they don't turn the ball over twice in the red zone, the worst this is going to be, the worst it's going to be is is uh, 44 to you know to to 31. I mean, that's yeah. the worst it's going to be. Could have been 50. To put a bow on uh, both the phenomenal wide receivers that we have in the NFL, just we have more than two phenomenal ones, but the guys who have really stood out above the pack, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, both guys are on pace to break the single-season receiving yardage record. Tyreek Hill is on pace for 2,155 yards. A.J. Brown on pace for 1,995 yards. That is courtesy Underdog Fantasy. The record, of course, Calvin Johnson, 1,964 receiving yards. Obviously, there's an extra game, so that helps out, but still, like 
both Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown, like you said, they tilt the field, they make things easier for their quarterbacks, and we're seeing them be on explosive offenses there. Uh, we're truly blessed to see these guys in this golden age of wide receiver play. All right, we will get to the best of the rest on the other side and also hand out some hardware here on the GM Shuffle. Don't go away. One final segment here on the DraftKings Network. All right, let's hit a few more games before we hand out some hardware and let's get to the Sinatra special. I know you've been waiting to talk about this one. You, I know, had the Giants in the contest with your buddy Chris Russo. Uh, they should have won this game. They lose in overtime 13 to 10 to the New York Jets. What in the world happened in that final sequence at the end of the fourth quarter? I mean, the, the offsides with Thibodeau, you had all sorts of stuff going on there. They spiked the ball, they kicked the field to go to OT. DeVito was behind the eight ball. I'm sorry about your bet, man. Oh, I mean, first of all, so I'm having a nice afternoon. I'm sitting there on my couch, right? You know, nobody's here. I got no volume on. I got the two TVs working, you know, no and so I'm watching the games and I, I win the Carolina bet. I took Carolina and he's getting his ass kicked with Green Bay. We'll get to Big Daddy in a minute. Here. Oh, yeah. And so uh, who's very upset? Who's, uh, you know, I'm going to get Big Daddy tonight, actually, because he's coming over here to stay for a little while because he's remodeling his house. So I got big daddy as company here, which will be just fascinating to get all these Monday night these football. Opinions. <laughs> be fun. Yeah. Well, we have to go through the Raider game, which could be painful, but anyway, so, uh, it's harder when your kids are involved than when you're involved. I'll say that, uh, yeah. the, uh, so, you know, the, 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 this whole jet game is fascinating, right? At some point, you know, the Jets figured out, I mean, the Jets should have figured out that the Giants were never going to attempt to pass, mm -hmm. right? They were never going to attempt to pass. And yet, for whatever reason, they couldn't stop Barkley. I mean, Barkley averaged 3-6. He had 36 carries. They had 52 carries in the game. They had 12 first downs. The Giants got five of those first downs by penalty. That's remarkable, right? So, you know, and one of those, one of those drives that they take it down the field you know, they go down, they go 10 plays, 35 yards, they punt. And then they hold the Jets to a to a fourth down. They stop them right there. And they get the ball. They, they take the ball over at the Jets 26, okay? And there's a minute 26 to go in the game. And the Jets only have two timeouts. So they, they run the clock all the way down. And they get it all the way down. And they have the ball at their own at the Jets 17. And they trot out the Graham Gano to take the field goal. So I'm already looking at my sheet. I got my sheets here on my on my note cards, you know. And I I checked off a win for me for this. So now I'm two and zero going into the Sunday games, the <laughs> afternoon games. And he's zero and one, right? And I can yep. hear him quacking in the background, you know, rah, 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 you know. <laughs> you know. So they missed the field goal. I'm like, holy shit! So you know, now instead of the ball being at the 17. Now it's at the 24, and they only need a field goal. And then, then Thibodeau jumps off sides. They don't keep him in bounds. Next thing you know, that and once they made the field goal, I knew it was over. It was over. I knew that was – I knew it was over. Yeah. You needed a turnover because like you knew DeVito was not going to move the football at that point. You needed some – like Zach Wilson. They never let him try to even yeah. throw the ball. They didn't even try a nine route. I don't think I saw a nine route. I mean, this was a punting competition. Do you realize that the Giants and the Jets have more yards punting as an offense than they do as a total offense? That's terrible. 24 total punts in the game. There was 15 in the first half. 15 punts in the first half. The, the third down, we talk about third down, how third and manageable is a bunch of the junk. Jets-Giants is the, the number one example of that. The teams combined for four for 34 on third down, Michael. <laughs> this was terrible. I mean – you know, and I, and I got Jeff fans who's like, somebody on Twitter today said that the Jets' run defense w w wasn't as bad as you think. What are you talking about? You knew the other team. Like, literally, if I were coaching the Jets, I would have lined up in short yardage and goal line defense in the middle of the field. Anywhere on the field, I would have been in goal line. Yeah. Like, I would have been in goal line. I'd have been in goal line with two corners. Fuck it. Like, I'll dare you to throw the ball. Yeah, throw it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, you gave up 3-9. You almost lost. You should have lost that game, and the other team can't even throw the ball. Meanwhile, you know, people think the Jets actually have a chance to go to the playoffs. With what? With, with what? With, with Wilson? 
I mean, the Giants, when did the Giants become a great defense? I mean, they held them. They, they, they did what they could do. I mean, they gave up one big play, the 50-yarder to Brees Hall. But other than that, they, the Jets couldn't run the ball against them. They yes. sacked him four times. He turned the ball over like we thought he would. Two fumbles in the game. We knew that was going to happen. Like, I, I, to me, this is what makes it so damn – like, there's no reason the Giants should have lost that game. Like, I was sitting there thinking, like, what would you have done? Would you have kicked the field goal? Man, the, the, it was such a short field goal to where you feel like you can make that kick. Like, like if it was like, let's say, like a 48-yarder. Right, but you're up yarder, six, right? Are you yeah. up six, You're up right? six, so and now you need a touchdown to beat. But you got to kick off. Yeah. Okay. You got to kick off. And, you know, you still can get beat by a touchdown. I mean, the touchdown beats you. Yeah. I mean, would you be better off fourth and one and, you know, running your best fourth and one play with Tommy DeVito? I know that's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but just hypothetically, say you ran Tommy DeVito and say you ran him sideways and you took up and you just went and, and you ran him as – Ran him as fat, put him in shotgun, mm-hmm. sprinted him as far back as you could, and then throw the ball straight up into the air like you're throwing a nine round. That would have taken what? How much time off the clock? Probably at least like eight seconds or so. Okay, so you would have taken eight seconds, right? Yeah. And then and then you take eight seconds off the clock, and then now they're getting the ball at your 17-yard line with 16 seconds and no timeouts. Honestly, that's probably like the best scenario in that. Like, like it's like I from a strategic standpoint, I, I that's probably the is. best one. I think one. Tommy DeVito takes the ball, right, in shotgun, and he steps back five yards. He retreats as far as he can, and then he throws the son of a bitch to the back of the end zone, where you have a receiver going down there. Yep. So it's not grounding, and that by the time the ball hits the ground, you tell him to throw it as high up in the air as you can. So by the time the ball hits the ground, that's when the clock stops. The clock doesn't stop when it leaves his hand. Mm-hmm. It has to hit the ground first for it to stop. It has to hit the ground to yep. stop. So now you've got 16 seconds. They can't beat you with 16 seconds because that's only three plays, plus that's the field goal. And if any ball's in bounds, it's over. Yeah. And and, they, and and who knows? Maybe somebody mugs one of the receivers and there's pass interference. Like, like you, you could get a good outcome out of it as well. And the Jets had no timeouts. Like honestly, that's probably what they should have done, just based on it. Because like I think that's what they should have done. I think that's the play there because with 24 seconds, when you kick the extra point, when you try the extra point, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, and you miss it when you you they're giving them seven free yards. It's a turnover. What don't you? What do you say all the time? You don't want to do. At that situation, turn the yeah, ball over. Turn the ball over. What did the, What did Cleveland say to themselves on third and four with the lead twenty to seventeen? We can't turn this ball over. He turns it over. Yep. So when you turn, that's why if you don't put the field goals in the category of turnovers, you're not thinking this way. Like just take five steps back, throw the son of a bitch straight up in the air. It lands down at you know. Okay, it la- so maybe it'll be twenty seconds. So you eat up four more seconds than you would have if you got. But they don't. They got to go seven more yards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's and, and if you do that and you don't jump off sides, then it's like you're sitting where it's Zach Wilson has to throw like a hail mary or some sort of like. Well, first of all, band is on should, the field you, play. Yeah. You only need to rush two guys at that point. Yeah. See, you what what people misunderstand about that when they don't have timeouts is you want the quarterback to hold the ball. Yeah. You but, want him to hold the ball. When, when there's so many tight wind and you, if you hold them to hold the ball, this guy's going to throw the ball to you. You rush two, And if he says, okay, I'm going to take off and run with it. Great. Great. Run with it. Where are we going? All you're doing is running the clock out is what you're doing there. When you're running, that's, the all, football. You're doing. that's all you're doing. Uh, let's get to the awards here. Cause we're up against it with the time wise. Let's get to some of these awards. Fred Palermo, yeah. best game plan of the week. Who's that going to? Well, you got to give it to the Bengals. I mean, that was really good. You got to get, and I like what the Bengals did with their offense. They changed their offense. They got some under center. They mm-hmm. did some different things. They caught San Francisco off guard. There's no question about that. You got to give them credit for that. Who's going on the lamb? Well, I'm going to read it to you because Big Daddy just <laughs> sent me this text here last night. <laughs> on the lamb, we're going to read some text messages. <laughs> of course, yeah, being here the we Green go, Bay Big Packers. Daddy. Here it is. Here. <laughs> that, this is who awful first half. These no, excuse me. This is who Green Bay is. They will finish with a high pick, take a quarterback, and Love and Dylan and their entire draft will be let go after that draft. 
Hopefully, Goot and LaFuck are let go, too. They get worse each week. Love is regression. This team has quit on LaFuck. They have to fire him. I, I hope Matt. I hope Matt. Mur- I hope uh, Murphy took that those notes down because that's yeah. what came from Big Daddy. Tell Big Daddy they're only a game out of the seven seed. Uh, Front of the week, you got to give it to San Francisco's defense, right? I mean, you yeah. could sit there and say Kansas. Kansas City. I think Kansas City lost the game. I don't think Denver won it. Kansas City turned the ball over. Whereas mm-hmm. I think San Francisco lost that game. You can blame it on Purdy. That'll be the narrative. But their defense didn't play anywhere near the level it needs to play. If you don't know now, you know. A lot of competition for the first pick overall. A lot of it. Yeah. A lot of bad teams out there, yeah. Femi. Arizona's in the running for that one. It's Carolina's. Well, congrats, congratulations teams. to the Panthers, though. Win number one for Bryce Young. Uh, they beat the Houston Texans. It is what it oh, is. Oh, I love that one. We, let's Real quick, I know we got okay. two minutes, but I mean, that game was painful, right? It was You tough. know, Thomas Brown takes over the play call. Everybody's saying, oh, he's going to change the offense. That offense didn't change one bit. They get down to the red zone, and and here is here's your man Frank Wright again. You know, running fullback, Brown's running the belly up there. Can't block anybody up front. You know, turns down three points like it's like he scores at a rapid rate. Are you kidding me? Then tries to throw sticks into a crowded thing. I mean, that's about as bad as offense as you're going to see. And C.J. Stroud has regressed a little bit too. There's no question. People now kind of get a sense of what they're trying to do with them. Mm. Yeah, 16 of 24, 140 yards for C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young, 235 and a touchdown. Uh, Bryce Young, he battles, man. Like, I, 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 w- w- he's he's going to be good if he's he gets the right. Good. If they get yeah. an offensive line, and I think, you know, I feel bad for Camp because he's a good coach, but that line doesn't play very good right now based on what that – that's not a well-coached team. They played good defensively. I mean, they, they gave up two drives in the game and 14 points, but they're sitting right there. So It is what it is. I'm not sure Caleb Williams is the first pick overall in the draft. I watched mm. him again against Cal. You know, forget the body language. Forget all that crap, right? Now, I know Drake May lost to, to Georgia Tech, but only Mac Brown can do that, right? So back to back uh, weeks. I'm not sure of that. I'm not sure of that. I think there's going to be more competition than we meet the eye. We've had two people on our show. We've mm. had Bucky Brooks and we've had Jim Nagy both have said it's not a lock. And I talked to people in the league and nobody thinks it's a lock. Yeah, a lot of good quarterbacks in college football. Maybe this thing's going to be a lot more wide open than we think. Maybe it's J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Who knows? Who knows? A lot of time between now and the draft process. But that does it for us here on this Monday. Fun episode here of the GM Shuffle Podcast. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to VEASAN. As always, thank you to you guys. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Michael, I will talk to you on Thursday, buddy. Have fun with Monday Night Football tonight. 